0: In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I want to encourage you before we start today that if you haven't already to to go back and read our passage for today, there's a link for it in our our video below. Passages from Mark chapter 4 verses 21 through 25. And uh, once you do that, or if you have already done that, I want to begin then by by just affirming you. Uh, I want to affirm your confusion because I would guess that at least a few of us here today uh, close the Bible after reading this passage with maybe some perplexion, maybe a whole lot more, many more questions than, than answers. It's a it's a tough passage, and in in fact, even in just my study this week, reading a lot of different books and theologians and, and commentaries on this passage, there are all, all sorts of conclusions about what it means, sorts of uh, disagreements, but but very few solid answers. It's it's a it's a tough one, and so if if you left reading that passage kind of scratching your head today i just want to affirm you are not alone there are many people wondering probably many of the same things as you right like like what is jesus talking about this talk with a a lamp and sticking it under a bowl or putting it under or a bed like what is that all about what is he referring to right it's got to mean be referring to something deeper and is the lamp The gospel is it jesus is it me i mean sometimes jesus refers to his people as the light of the world so what's he talking about and 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 then what does this talk about measurements right jesus says today with the measure you use it will be measured to you seems pretty transactional right like like what we put into our faith is what we get out of it that seems i don't know about you It seems to rub me the wrong way doesn't appear to be what grace as we know it is all about uh, a good and free gift so what is jesus What's he talking about today, right? What's this passage all about? It's it's not easy. Well, I've come to see that I believe this passage uh, is presenting to us and asking us to reflect on two very important questions. And I I think they're questions that I don't have to encourage you to to think about too much, because I would guess that if you've thought about God at all or or taken your faith seriously, and kind of wondered about things like this, that you've asked them already. And and the two questions presented to us are, where is Jesus? what he's asking us in all this talk about lamps and baskets and beds. And then the other question is, who is Jesus? And that's what he's getting at when he talks about measurements. And we'll try to answer both of these questions and to spend some time reflecting on it in light of our passage. Again, where is Jesus and who is Jesus? Uh, before we really jump into the reading, though, I want to uh, I want to talk to you about my favorite childhood game of all time. And in fact, if if you offered to play it with me today, if we got a group of people together and we weren't in the midst of a pandemic I would I would probably take you up on it and the game is sardines uh, and if you don't know about sardines it's, it's a twist on hide-and-go-seek and uh, for sardines you need a, a pretty good sized group the bigger I think that the more fun that it is and so here's how it works let's say you have 10 people one of them uh, is going to be the person that hides so of course just like hide-and-go-seek they get a head start everyone closes their eyes and starts to count down and, and then once it's time uh, the other nine people go out and try to find that hiding person. But when they find that person, uh, they hide with them. So if the person has jumped behind the couch, the first person to find them jumps behind the couch too. And then they wait until the third person finds them. And that person jumps behind the couch. And it's a really fun game, uh, unless you're the last one looking. <laughs> Right? If you're the last one looking and, and you, you're kind of wandering around and you're realizing, okay, I don't see any of my friends anymore. They must have found the person and it's just me now. right? And if you spend some more time looking and you're not finding it, it's hard. right? It's a lonely place to be in. Knowing that for whatever reason you can't find the person who's hiding and knowing that everyone else has, and in a sense you're on the outside looking in. It, it's, it's hard to be the last one in the game. You know, I, I bring that up not just to encourage you to play it with your kids or your grandkids, although I hope you, you do. Uh, I do think it's fun. But I bring that up because I, I think that sometimes that's how we feel in our faith. Right? We, we feel like Jesus has gone off and hid. And we are wandering around. and and we can't find him, we're looking for him, right? We want to hear from him, we want to see him, we want answers from him, we, we, need, we know we need his gifts when it comes to our, our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, our our careers, right? Even our, our, our finances, right? Every aspect of our life, we we long to hear from Jesus. We, we know that we need him and, and yet we can't find him. And and sometimes it feels like everyone around us already has, right? We come to church and there are all these smiling faces and everyone's singing their praises and, and we're wondering how were able to find Jesus? and Why can't I? The world looks dark sometimes. And, and I bring all that up because I, I think uh, today in our reading, Jesus, first off, he's affirming the fact that we don't see him, that he feels hidden to us. right? Jesus acknowledges the fact that, that he doesn't always look the part. <laughs> And that he's not always doing the kinds of things that we might expect him to or or want him to or feel like we need him to. And and Jesus acknowledges and affirms the fact that our world looks dark sometimes and that that obscures him. And yet what Jesus is also doing today is promising us that one day the darkness will come to an end and one day we will stop having to search and, and seek him because he will quite obviously be present in the midst of us and his light will be shining. That's what he's saying today when he says, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Jesus is saying, yes, it, it feels like he's concealed right now. Yes, it, it looks like he's been stuck under a basket. We can't see Jesus sometimes. His, his light doesn't seem to be shining, but it wasn't meant to stay that way, right? He, his, his light and his love was, was meant to be disclosed. It was meant to be put out into the open, and, and one day that will be true. One day, Jesus, who is here now and who is shining his light, however dim it might seem, one day, though, he will come again. And his light will totally cast out the darkness. Jesus is giving something, us uh, something to look forward to. He, he's pointing our eyes forward to, to the, the great and eternal promise that awaits us. That the day of his light and his love, the day when he returns to gather us together. Jesus is saying, yes, it's dark and you can't see me now. Not like you want to, but remember what awaits you. Remember, my light will shine out. Uh, here's one way you could think about it. Um, and most of you know, if, if you've been uh, following me along and our church along for very long, uh, you know that I have a wonderful wife. And that was on full display for my 30th birthday uh, a few years ago. Uh, for my 30th birthday, my, my wife went all out. I, I remember it was a Saturday evening. And at the time, I was at a congregation that had Saturday night services, and I was leading them there. And so once that was over, we got dressed up, and, and then we went out to eat. And it was a surprise where we were going. It turned out to be this amazing seafood restaurant not too far from where we lived. And it was the first time we were there and it exceeded our expectations. It was actually the only time we were there and we, we still talk about how much we miss it and, and how we need uh, to go back. It, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. It was one of those meals, and you've probably had these, uh, where you you leave in a glow, right? Because maybe the blood is rushing to your stomach from from all the food you ate, but also from the company that you kept, right? And, and so we got home that night and uh, just feeling wonderful. It was an amazing birthday celebration. I was so thankful. And uh, we, we pulled up to our house and I noticed that it was awfully dark. And I noticed that because I thought that I had left the light on so that when we got home, we weren't kind of stumbling around trying to find our keys and get them in, in the lock, but that we'd have some light to see with. And I didn't think much of it though. And, and so we made our way to the door. We did fumble with the keys and stumbled our way in, inside. And that's when the lights came out right and you know what happened right there's this great big shout uh, people were saying surprise my friends and my family were were, were there there was more food more celebration and, and a whole party uh, to to go to it was a wonderful wonderful birthday man I think that's how it works with Jesus uh, yes for for now we are stumbling around in the darkness and and Jesus is hidden to us in some sense uh, we, we don't see him like we we should but but that darkness Uh, Like for my birthday, it was not meant to last, right? What good would it have done if it had stayed dark in the home? I wouldn't have seen my friends and family. There would have been no party. And and that's how it is with Jesus. Yes, it's dark now, but the the darkness serves a purpose, but only for a time. And and one day, Jesus will turn on the lights when he returns, and and he will be there with our friends and our our family and all the faithful people of of God. And there will be a celebration there, an eternal feast that will have no end. And, and Jesus is pointing us forward to that. He's saying, remember the party, the celebration, the feast that is coming, this darkness that you're stumbling around in will not last. And so I think this opening teaching, it, it serves us by giving us both a warning or maybe a challenge would be a better way of putting it, and then that, that promise, right? Jesus is challenging us. Stay awake through the darkness and don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't forget about what is coming, right? Don't just give up and, and lay down, but, but keep on going. And remember that Jesus is there in the midst of the darkness. While we can't see him like we, we might want to, don't lose sight of the fact that he is here. And then that promise that he is here but also that he's coming again. It's this strange tension we live in with Jesus, that he's present with us in our troubles, and and, and yet he's coming one day to, to cast out the darkness and overcome our enemies and defeat our sin once and for all. That's what awaits us, Jesus says. So where is he? He's here, and yet he's coming, coming again to shine his light so brightly, more brightly than we could ever imagine. That's the first half of our reading. And uh, I know there was a lot to give you, so I hope that uh, you have some time to let that sink in. The second half of our reading, though, I think builds upon that. And the second half of our reading is answering the, the second question I mentioned at the beginning, and, and that is, who is Jesus? And, and, and that is one of those crucial questions to our faith. It's a question Jesus asked of his own disciples, right? You might remember the time he came to them and he said, who do people say that I am? And then after they answered that, he said, yeah, but, but who do you say that? because it's maybe the most important question that we could ask Uh, here's how jesus puts it today he he says he says this he says with the measure you use it will be measured to you and even more now again that's kind of cryptic and we're left kind of wondering what is he talking about measuring what does it mean to measure what are we measuring and I, i think another way of putting it would be to say to evaluate see what i think jesus is getting at is he's saying however you evaluate me however you evaluate jesus after taking your measurements of him, right, listening to him, watching him, hearing of him, after after sizing him up, what's your conclusion? How do we, you evaluate him, right? And uh, because, because that's important, who you make him out to be. You know, this is something we do all the time in life, right? We measure each other up, we evaluate each other, we size each other up and we, we know it shouldn't always be this way, but I mean, it's true, right? We look at each other and we form judgments based on appearances, how someone looks or the clothes that they wear, or maybe how they speak, right? What's their vocabulary? Do they have an accent? Where are they from? What's their career? What kind of car do they drive? What, what neighborhood do they live in, right? And we, we take all of these measurements of people and we form conclusions. We, we come to evaluations, right? And, and sometimes these are just way off, and you've probably experienced that. And, and Jesus says the same thing is true of him, that we are forming these judgments and evaluations. We're watching, we're listening, and, and Jesus says how you evaluate him, how you size him up, is everything. You see, if, if you come up to the conclusion after making your measurements that Jesus is just a, a good teacher and a rabbi, well, then that's what he's going to be to you. Just a teacher, just a rabbi, but nothing more. And and if you decide, after making your measurements, that Jesus is uh, just a good buddy or a good friend to have around, well, that's what he's going to be for you. Or, or if, like some people in Jesus' day, you measure Jesus and decide that he's the enemy, right? That he's possessed by an unclean spirit and he's working for Satan. Well, then uh, Jesus is going to be those things for you. He's going to be the enemy for you. But it's Jesus' promise that If you come to the conclusion after making your measurements that Jesus is the Messiah, the the long-waited-for-one, if you come to the conclusion, the evaluation, the measurement that Jesus is the Savior of the world that you so desperately need and and that he is the Lord that you bow down before, then he will be all of those things to you and more. He will bring to you peace and hope and love and and grace and fulfillment and identity and purpose and, and security, right? And so who you make Jesus out to be is, is the most important thing. Jesus' words today, if, if they seem challenging, then, uh, then I think you're reading it right. They are meant to challenge us. Jesus says we, we can't get this question wrong. We ought to measure twice, right, at least, to make sure that we come to the right conclusion. So there is a challenge there. But there's also that promise that Jesus is even more than we can imagine. He is everything we need. And if we look at him, not through our earthly eyes, that might just look at Jesus and say, look, there's a carpenter son. Look, there's a teacher. There's a spiritual guru. There's another man who lived and died like everyone else. But if we look at Jesus in light of God's promises through eyes of faith, then, then we will see that Jesus is even more than we could ever imagine. He is Messiah. He is Savior. He is Lord and even more. And so Jesus is, again, causing us to reflect on and hopefully giving us some answer to where he is and who he is. And I hope that you spend some more time reflecting on those questions. And I, I also think, though, and we'll close with this today, that there's a calling there for us in this passage, right? And the calling is to share those answers that we know, right? The answers that are so abundantly clear in, in, in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We are called to, to go out into the world sharing and telling. Now, when I say go out into the world, I don't mean go across the world to Africa or China, although some people might be called to do that. What I mean is go out into your little world, right? Go into your home, go to your family members, your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids, right? Go, go into your office, go to the coffee shop or the dry cleaner, right? And, and share the answers to those questions, right? Go out into the world to the people like you who are wandering in the darkness, wondering where is God? And say to them, yeah, it is dark. And I agree, it's hard to see Jesus sometimes, but he's here now. I promise you, his light is shining. There's goodness to be found and grace to be had. And and let me remind you that Jesus is coming again, that he won't stay hidden forever, that it won't stay dark, but that one day his light will shine out. Let me point you forward to that great and glorious day, the hope that we have. And then it's our calling to tell people in our homes and our families and in our, in our offices and coffee shops and dry cleaners to tell them, who Jesus is, right? That he's so much more than just a teacher. There are plenty of those, plenty of good ones. And he's more than just a friend, although he is that. But he is our Savior, the one who rescues us and pulls us up and forgives us and washes us clean. He is the Messiah who reigns and rules as king. He is our Lord that we bow down before. He is everything we need. And we see that in the cross where his light does shine We share that with the world. In Jesus' name.